0: Front Porch Radio presents Circle Unbroken with Taft Ayers.
1: I was standing by my window on one cold and cloudy day When I saw that hers come rolling for to carry my mother
2: Let's go Let's go, let's go. Another episode of Circle Unbroken. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know, as we've said before, if you are like working really hard right now, if you're pretending to work, if you're looking busy because you're thinking, you know what, the day's almost over and I'm really engaged here. If we're in your earpiece, if we are playing on your speaker, we're just glad that you found us. I'm your host, Taft Ayers, and I'm joined in by my man, Open Mike. Welcome back, sir. Good afternoon. How you doing? I am good, Coach. I was able today to deliver some dictionaries to a local elementary school. And, and the reason I say that I was able to, physically I could do it. You know, they said come get the boxes and, and bring them in. All good. We walk into this school, and the kids – had anticipation in their eyes i i saw them look at us and go okay come on in here that's called friday bring that oh, you know one of the teachers one of the teachers kept yelling she kept going yay. like she was she was screaming and yelling i had a i had some flashbacks though because we had to wait in the office and we had to sign in and
0: i can flashbacks I, you going to the office yeah, oh, th- 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 that wouldn't there. surprise Coach, me in the least because they gave me my own
2: little corner in the office the difference though when i grew up in the office is that people would just walk in off I mean, literally you anybody could come into our office. Now uh, yeah. it, it's Fort Knox in a good That's way. That's right. That's right. And so I'm watching all the process. I'm watching people come in. I'm watching people be, be talked to in, in different ways. But then I had like the straight PTSD when this little boy walks through and he goes, Ma'am? And she's like, Yes, sir. And he'd done the Pledge of Allegiance. He goes, What's for lunch? And it it was like eight o'clock, you know, whatever. And uh she starts telling him and he goes, mm. And like he kind of grunts a little bit. He was upset and then he picks up his little styrofoam thing. I think he was probably like on a free breakfast program or something. And coach, he had the exact same milk that we had. I'm talking like the cartons I hadn't seen in years. We used to explode those suckers. The little kid on the side. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was one of those deals where I was going, you can't, you can't buy these for your family. The same way that I can't go out and find those little rectangle pizzas. Not the same ones, man, with some corn on the side. I mean, those. Are you talking about the lunches. school pieces.
0: Yes. No, you got to go to a roofing company and get the shingles. <laughs> okay. <laughs> get
1: then then you'll get them.
2: Okay. Then, cause, cause my <laughs> favorite thing, I thought I was an artist. I would take those and I would roll them up, right? And I would roll them up and I'd pinch it with my fork so that I could take a bite out of the middle. And then I would unroll it. And then I would have like two holes in the middle. And I look at my friends like I was Houdini. I'd be like, how did these circles get right here? Dude, I thought I was something back then. So it was it was fun for me. It made me want to go check on my kids because I don't go up to their school near enough. But this is what was cool with our circle unbroken theme, looking at faith, business, and community. It was fun for me because my kids don't go to this particular school. But I walked in, and just like this moniker has followed you along your whole life, I walked in, and three kids were like, coach. And the guy who was with me, he said, you coach? I go, look here. We moved here in 2013. I have four kids. Every season, they're playing two sports or on two different teams each season. And so uh, there's kids in this community that I've coached at some point. I don't know, and so that that was fun that they were going, coach, yep. and I was going, okay, oh,
0: okay. That's a title that sticks with you forever, yeah, and, and it's one that I I wear with honor. I, I feel sure great about it, and, and uh, but uh, but yeah, it, it's I'll, I'll run into kids because I I've taught. Let's see, one, two, three, four. Mm. I've just mm-hmm. I've taught in four different schools around right. here, right, right. So I'll run into, and then occasionally I'll run into some kids i had in west tennessee <laughs> right and they'll say hey coach how you doing i'm sitting there going i've had yeah i remember your face i have no mm. clue what your name yes <laughs> yeah because i've only had about a few hundred thousand i had one guy
2: tell me one time he said if they like you they will call you coach for the rest of your life yep and he said the negative conversations that I've had, this is a guy telling me he coached everywhere, and he said the negative ones I have where they had like a bone to pick, he goes, they don't call me coach. He goes, those don't come up to me. They just use your
0: last name as a singular. That's what
2: he said. That's exactly what he told me. He said, so they'll call me out and I'll be like, okay, look, I'm sorry about eighth grade that you couldn't run the ball, or I'm sorry Mm -hmm. that your dad was crazy and I couldn't tell you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) All those. So, So mentioning that, coach, we have a special guest today that I'm excited to have here is this somebody it's neat when i've known somebody somebody a long time and you've known them longer right i was like gonna that's say a, this is a cool this, 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 piece a,
0: talking about a blast from the past right. and, and stuff so it means a lot to me today
3: to have jd or john david schwartz welcome in man what's up guys and hey, we're gonna have some fun yeah hey i've been sitting here just smiling and laughing <laughs> and hearing y'all talk uh because it really is a blast from the past coach Lyle, my eighth grade English teacher, our football coach at Jackson Christian, tried to get my dad to let me play football. And I've always, (laughs) I was telling you this yesterday, I've always felt like if my dad had let me play football, that I would have just been off the charts you know and, and that's you know yeah, yeah. right I, that that's right. how i like to think of yeah. it i don't think that that's hey, I, actually the case and my
0: assessment was maybe not off the charts but he would have been pretty good He would
3: have been, man.
0: well and, and here's the thing
2: your dad the doctor <laughs> yeah uh said i'm not gonna put your body through that yeah, yeah. uh don't don't want to do that to you and here's where your dad is right oh yeah my son coach my my 14 year old Uh, He came to me one day and he he always talks about which league he's going to make it in. I mean, one of these sports he's going to go and he's going to do this, this and this. And it's fun to listen to him and not crush his dreams. Uh, And so as he talks, he says the other day, Dad, I got some new goals. And I said, what's that? And he goes, to be John David's age. And to be able to do the things that he does. So I've got to take care of my body. And so it's goals, right? He he sees you active. That that means a lot to me. Yeah, and then I'm doing something. I'm every day, man. I'm doing sit-ups on the spot. He's like, Dad, here's some goals. One day, I want to look like John David. And I'm over here like, two, three, four. You know, when when your son tells you that. That's funny. It's neat the way we influence people. It's neat the way that people see that. uh, Like we mentioned earlier at the uh in our culture, whether or not it's on, in sports, whether or not it's at, at a church setting, church camp, uh, lo- local schools that our kids go to, mm-hmm. whatever that might be. And the reason that I wanted to have you today is because for our circle and broken audience, we do what we think is a good job of talking about in life, there's a circle and that circle you want to remain intact. We want it to be mm-hmm. something where people feel complete. People feel whole, and just like anybody, if you're listening to us right now, picture drawing a circle. And that circle starts with a point. You always you always have one point where you put something on paper, and when you do that, we believe that that point is faith. We believe that that's where everything can can go back to. If that's not there, you don't have a circle. I mean, you you, you don't not not a real one, not an effective one. Yeah. And then so you take that point, and that's called faith. And then you start to move, and you take your faith uh, into your life mission. And so you have mission in the marketplace like wherever i go that's my mission field whatever i'm doing like like on sundays when people leave it's you're now entering the mission field right if god gives me a monday it's because i want to put my sunday into action and so we believe that you have faith and then mission in the marketplace you have business and so we we touch on faith business and then if i'm a, a person of faith if I operate in the business sector, whatever that might be, wherever, I mean, when you're teaching or preaching those people leave and then they go do something all week long. Right. And so once they do that to complete this circle here, the next side of it is community. Sure. Like it makes a, churches that are healthy, make better communities, businesses that have good people in them, mm-hmm. make a better community. Like all those pieces. We think that if something's off, if something doesn't feel good or doesn't yeah. feel right, then you can go back to that. So that's that's our show concept. Yeah. Well, it also gives me the opportunity to take people and put them into different pieces. We had three people from a local bank recently and we spent a lot of time on the we didn't spend a lot of time heavy on the face side. No, they were good folks. Sure. But we talked about the business side but the community piece. Your community yeah. bank. With this, I want to talk to you because I believe that, and I think life is that circle. I think that sometimes we use the phrase wrong, and I want to talk about this today, where people will say, so-and-so is, quote, in ministry. Hmm. So-and-so does ministry. Yeah. Kind of like ministry is going in, like somebody that goes down to the local shop and it's time to make the donuts or it's time to clock in or do that. It's so much more than that, right. and I I spend a lot of time speaking places and telling people, "Hey, your school—if you go there, it's a Christian school. Where where you work, it's a it's a Christian workplace." And they're like, oh, "You don't you don't know my school, or you don't know my workplace." And I'm like,
3: "When light enters darkness." Mm -hmm. it becomes a Christian place. Like you, you're, you're there, right? If there's one Christian there, there's a boom, man, there's a, there's an influence, Mm -hmm. a powerful influence. Yes. So we we have three different sessions that make up a show.
2: And so what I want to do first is give the audience an intro to you because I know you coach knows you, but I want to give a a flyby intro version to let's, I'll ask you a couple of questions about who you are and and what you do. And then we're going to, spend the next portion of the show breaking down some ministry myths. a lot of, a lot of people think they know something about what, what ministry is or what ministry isn't. And then at the end, I want to spend some time talking about every day that we wake up. It's, we've talked about this before. every day that we wake up is a 24- hour. You know, it's a gift, but it's also a mission trip. Like, hey, man, I mean yeah. you you get to go do stuff. And so I wanna I was gonna walk through that, have some fun in a in a good space, but also a place where there may be people listening today that have a conception about a quote full time minister. But then there's also people that are like, Oh, you're talking about a pastor? Oh, you, you you're talking about my reverend like and meaning they don't know much about the day in and day out sure. of what somebody does. So you went to you grew up in Jackson. You went to Friedhardman Hardman uh, to college. A lot of people around here know that place. That's where you and I both went. Yeah, man. And so you got out almost like you hit the level where you could get out. All right. yeah. And yeah. you thought, I'm gonna go and work with a church. What
3: was your what was your thought there? Man, uh, it it well, I don't I'm not gonna take the whole time to tell you the whole back story. Sure. sure. But my my thought going into college mm-hmm. was some kind, some type of medicine, medical, you know, something. Because Dad was a doctor, mm-hmm. he'd take me on these medical mission trips, and uh, and I'd spend time in the the little makeshift pharmacy there and learning the medicines and doing different stuff. And I thought that's that's what I want to do. What's really interesting about that, Dad had actually gone to school to be a minister. <laughs> Did one summer of junior high. Youth yeah. ministry. He was like, "All right, I'm out." Somebody, <laughs>
1: somebody ruined it yeah.
3: for him. So, so <laughs> gets, this is the reality. Yeah. Uh, it's time to rethink, rethink he gets this. His, uh, I'm trying to remember if this is right. He gets his degree, uh, uh, his Bible degree at Lubbock Christian, mm-hmm. but then turns around and goes to medical school. You know, takes right. the test, goes to medical school, and then that became his mission. So for me, I was like, "Oh, that's that's I can do that. I think that would be neat, right?" But the whole time I'm at college, you know, um, I didn't realize it until uh, until somebody pulled me aside and said, man, you need to start paying attention and got what what was happening is God was opening doors. He was shutting all those, you know, science doors that I thought I needed to walk through because I couldn't stay awake in a biology class. Uh, I didn't like to study biology or whatever. Right. Um, and I had people telling me, dude, you'd, you'd be a really good youth minister, you know, or, Hey, I want you to come intern with me, or we want you to travel for the school and just go spend all summer long with kids at church camps. Right. And so, man, these doors just kept being kicked open. And so lo and behold, I changed my entire life's trajectory. Um God changed my entire life's trajectory. So I get out of school and I'd actually thought about um and was planning to be on a team to go to um Chile. Uh kind of do the let's start talking yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. summer type type thing. And then uh Pulaski Street in Lawrenceburg got a hold of me. Um and uh, it was kind of one of those where uh I just man, this is it. Um so I, I set the, the the summer aside and just went in full time ministry. Uh hadn't looked back, man. Twenty one right. years in youth ministry still. Right. I've thought about getting out several times. Sure. I've had other opportunities. Um but I God just keeps calling me in, in this one. Um and there man, there's days, months, uh <laughs> there's been a couple of years along the way where I'm like, man, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I can't do this anymore. Right. And I will have an opportunity pop up to go into preaching or something else and I'm still here. Still. Right. Right. It's a uh, it's been a wild ride, man. 21 years of youth ministry. 21. It's rolling with the punches. It's it's figuring it out.
2: It's making a conscious decision which you have made and this is something I say on this show a lot is not sacrificing your family. You have two kids yeah. and a dedicated wife. Mm-hmm. Not sacrificing your family
3: on the altar of ministry. That's my prayer. Yeah. Uh, it's uh man. That's, that's been interesting now that my kids are in youth ministry. Uh, but that's actually been more fun. Mm-hmm. The, the, the hard part of that was when, before they got to that age. Right. And it's like, right. okay, what's, what's the balance, you know? Um, and so there's been hard conversations with, between me and Amy uh, in ministry. And those moments where I had to say, Hey, this might not be good for our family y'all need to stay home? I got to go do my job, and then I'll come home. And then there's been times where she has said to me, Hey, you're not spending time with us. And I'm glad she has said that, you know? Right. Um, right. and I'll also say I've had, I've had elderships, um, you know, along the way, uh, at the three churches that I've worked, worked with who have said, Hey, you better be spending time with your family. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not doing that, you're, you're messing up, you're missing the boat. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, Brother Ed, uh, one of our longtime right. elders in Chapel Hill, would always ask me at every elders meeting that we had, uh, every time I meet with him, "Hey, are you spending time with your family?" Right. Um, and so that kind of set the stage for, you know, at least my attempts at balancing. I know right. I'm not perfect at it, obviously, but uh, God's blessed me with two, an awesome wife, uh, two awesome kids, a 17 year old daughter and a 13 year old son, and and um, so far. Uh, They love the Lord and are learning how to love ministry as life as well, which has been pretty neat. I'm
2: glad that they asked you that because if you and I both, we do a lot of premarital counseling, preach a lot of weddings. It's it's one of my favorite things, you know, to do. And. When you see somebody, you perform a wedding for them. You know, it could be called a ministerial duty, but it's also an opportunity to yeah, get to know neat. somebody better. Yeah. And then when, when you see them for the first time after that ceremony, uh, I'm always saying to him, hey, man, you good at it? And it's funny because yeah. the wife's like, what does he mean? You know, yeah, is he a good husband? <laughs> is he taking care of you? Right. And all that. And isn't it funny that you ask him that? But then fast forward, fast forward five years, 10 years, 20 years. If I walk into church, a church building and I see you and you say to me, Hey man, how's married life? The immediate thing is what have you heard?
3: Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah.
2: Now, you and I have stuff in our own personal lives where we're asking each other that more, which is sure. healthy and good. But it's one of those situations where I think we stop checking on people. And it's crazy yeah. that you use that at the beginning, but then later it's you, you stop doing it. Well, when you're really involved with somebody's life in a holistic way, it is, hey, I want to know. And so for yeah. an elder, and those of you that don't know, elders um are – Shepherds of the flock. Their purpose is not to talk about just a doorknob, right? Or, or just, right. it's it's to literally shepherd the souls of yeah. the flock. And so, for them to look at you beyond an employee, yeah. For them to look at you, yes, yeah. as an employee, but but also, okay, this is a brother, yeah. and I want to make sure that even though he's serving us, I want to make sure that he's taking care of his family, right? Right. That's a big deal. We're fixing to go into break, John David. When we come back, I want to ask you a question about. Your wife related to your full time ministry. Okay, uh, I want to ask that because that it's hard, and it's hard for a lot of people. And, and I didn't know it. I didn't know it until I went to Bible college, and I would tell people, "Hey, you know, so and so's a Bible major," and they'd be like, "I'm not going to date them." And it was because <laughs> they they had an idea of that, or they were a gold digger. No, but they yeah. they were <laughs> looking at that. so, All right. so we'll be look nice. at that when we come back after the break here on Circle Unbroken.
1: Carl Wayne Meekins here. I want you guys to come out and see us live on Veterans Day, 11-11-23, 7 p.m. Guitar and Cadillac Hall that sits right on top of Puckett's in Columbia, Tennessee. We've got a huge lineup for you. We've got Troy Kemp, Katrina Burgoyne, myself and my band, and then the legend Jimmy Wayne's going to come in for a few songs. It's going to be a big night in Columbia, and Columbia ain't going to be the same. Okay, so get your tickets at eventbrite.com. The guitar and Cadillac's Carl Wayne Meekins. We'll see you there.
2: We hope you're having a good day. We're glad that you are a part of our Circle Unbroken family. I'm your host, Taft Ayers, and I'm joined in by my man, Hot mic.
0: Welcome back, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Welcome back. Hot. Man, I never I never know what how you're gonna bring me into this thing. Hot mic on you, the Sometimes turntables. you scare me. I know, bro. Every
2: everybody in my life who is close to me has this same laugh. It's like <laughs> it's always a deal of oh, it's my buddy. And it always kinda like trails off like what's he gonna do next. Yeah, what's so, next, what's
0: next here? You don't but know. My wife other than that, there. I'm doing fine good. this this good. afternoon. good. So. well, And we've
2: got
3: our buddy, John David Schwartz. Welcome back, man. Thanks, dude. Real quick, yeah. one thing you didn't tell everybody is we were at college together. We lived across the hall from each other. So I would go across the hall every night. Just to hang out with Taft and Phil. That's and, what happened to you. And see what was happening in that room. <laughs> because because corrupted. of stuff like that that he just did to you. It's like, what's, what's coming yeah. next yeah. with Taft? What are these guys?
2: That's what we should recall the show. Let's forget certain <laughs> what's ones. Coming <laughs> next? What's coming next? next. <laughs> uh, find out. We'll make it. Or maybe what my buddy said today. You've just got, you know, energy or charisma. Yeah. Right, yeah, anyway, So, here we are. So, if you're just now joining us, uh, the theme for today's, uh, show is ministry is life. Life is ministry kind of, kind of running with that idea of what we do. And I've got John David here who works, uh, with the gray church in town in Columbia, if you know that church, but also one of my favorite t-shirts is a shirt called into the city. It's a good, I like clean graphics. I also like, you know, good, comfortable t-shirts. And so yeah, it, it gets it all done, but it's a starting point because people will see that shirt. Yeah. A lot of them see it first and they think it's Nashville. They think it's a Nashville skyline. Right. And then we start to talk a little bit more and I'm able to tell them it's, it's easy. I'm able to tell them about the need here in a town where we sit right here, where the property we're in right now is an expensive downtown property. Mm -hmm. And then you literally look out one of our windows and you see where opportunity, I always say opportunity or, or opulence meets opportunity. Like people go down here and eat and then you turn around and right behind it is a a great need. You guys have said what we're going to do is literally pass other church buildings, which we do all the time, and go down the street uh, into the heart of the city to do good work. Well, uh, before we get into that, I know that takes a lot from you, from planning, from from things that don't just happen on accident. And so to do that, but to have a wife – Who's been by you in all the different rhythms Yeah, at all the different stages of life I have found, and I don't, I don't think there's a right answer to this. I think, but I want to know what, what works for you. I have found guys that are full-time paid ministers who their wife is right beside them mm-hmm. in everything, doing everything. Um, I'm almost a part of it. Maybe even sometimes more than the guy because it yeah. needs. And then I've met other guys who have said, Hey, She doesn't do that. Like that's not who we are or what we do.
3: And I wanted to know how this works for your dynamic. So been in 21 years and Amy's been with me for 19 of those Mm -hmm. 21 years. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wanted to make sure up front that wherever we were, whatever uh, eldership we worked with and church that we worked, worked for and served at that they understood up front that I'm the, I'm the minister she's not Mm -hmm. and it didn't mean that she didn't want to be involved in things she has been so involved um but here's the phrase that that i think is key for what we do she has been so involved as she's been able sure um you know i talked about my my teenage kids who are now in the youth group which means that she's going to be with me a whole lot more on stuff now than she was before abigail came into the youth group as a seventh grader so when they were younger um, one of the things that that I communicated or tried to, anyways, was, hey, she's a mom first, right? You know, the, her job is not to be here with the kids, and and it's not like there hadn't been those questions along the way. Well, why didn't Amy do stuff, more stuff with the with the the girls, or whatever? Because she's the mother of my children, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and now then, fast forward. And uh, my kids are in the youth group. And like I said, there has been more opportunity for her to be involved. And, you know, it's it's interesting, too, that there are times where I'm having to look at her and say, hey, you don't need to come tonight, you know. Right. Because she's also a full-time fifth-grade teacher. So by the time she gets home in the afternoon, she is exhausted. We're starting our bus ministry, you know, on Wednesday nights at 545 out the door. And she's trying to get there. She's one of my teachers right now for that bus ministry and just trying to get there when she can. Right. So then by Friday night, man, she's passed out on the couch at six o'clock. Sure. Me and the kids are hanging out watching a movie or whatever um, because she's so tired and exhausted. So there are times now where her personality is, you know, maybe for lack of a better word, she feels guilty if she can't be involved but I know that she may not need to be involved in one more thing because of the ministry she's already doing as a teacher. Uh, but most importantly, as a wife and a mother to our children. Um, and one of the things that, that, that we've communicated about through the years, um, is whether or not I keep doing what I'm doing, you know? Sure. Um, you know, every year so far, uh, since Abigail has been in, uh, in the youth program with me and then Lane joined us this year. Um, I'll just ask him, you know, once or twice a year, do you still want me to be a youth minister? And so far they're like, dad, why do you keep asking that? I can't think of anybody. And that makes you feel good as a dad mm-hmm. and as a youth minister. It's like, my kids want me to be that guy. Um, but if they ever say, no, I'm ready for you to be done. I just want you to be my dad Man, I'm out. Straight right. up, right. I can still minister. It's going to be tough telling them they need to go find another church. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. Uh, but but that's you know I don't have to do this full time sure. to still to still be who God has called me to be. Correct. Um, and so that we've had me and Amy have had those conversations. Um, you know, there is no there is no place you will be uh, in ministry at a church where things don't get tough Mm -hmm. at some point. Mm -hmm. And so we've had to be very open about, okay, are we staying here? Um, You know, do we, do we tough this out? Do we keep doing this? Um, I mentioned a couple other opportunities earlier and, and those were some, some pretty, you know, those were some moments where we had to be like, okay, do we keep doing this or is it time to go do something else altogether? Right. Right. And there, there have been moments Uh, there was a moment, um, when she finally said, and I'm not going to go into all the details, but I remember her looking at me and saying, I don't care what happens or what this looks like, but you can't keep dealing with this Mm -hmm. because it's hurting our family. Sure. And that was the first time she'd ever said that. And man, that, that, that caught my attention. So I was like, okay, um, because we're a team in this, she supports what I do and she is phenomenal with the girls when she's able to be there and, 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 you know, as a teacher, as a mentor, um, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to sacrifice my family. Uh, right. so that is one of those other things that I try to communicate to our, to our parents as well is, Hey, you know, your kid's coming into this youth group and I'm going to try to be everything I can to your kid and support them or whatever, but I'm choosing my kids first, sure. you know? If there's ever a moment where your kid's doing something and my kid's doing something, I'm my kid's parent first. Yeah, that's you know?
0: that. That was a speech I would give to my uh, to my students and to, yeah. my, to my teams. A lot of times I say, guys, you know, there are some times I'm gonna I'm I'm not gonna be able to do these things. And I said, yeah. guys, if I ever have to choose between uh, be, between my girls and you, I like you, yeah. but you lose. Yeah, you know, I'm going to my girls, yeah. and uh, so. That was something I had to come to grips with, and you know, coaching, uh, much like the youth ministry, can be a time-consuming animal. And there were a couple of times Teresa had to back up and say, "Hey, you know, you got two, you got two girls over here that would really like to spend some time with you Mm -hmm. if you can pull away from your film long enough to do this." (laughs) And man, it was kind of oh, you know, and that was kind of like. Wake up, dummy! Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, and, it's God uh,
2: over man because man, even if it's a spiritual job, man hired you for
0: that. Mm-hmm. God hired you for your family, yeah. And so yeah. it's hey, I'm. And I was very fortunate that my girls were very active in school, and so they and, and very independent, and, and so they didn't really need me to be in place as long as they knew. I was following along mm. yeah. and, and they understood, you know, uh, that, that again, they were very involved in school. They understood what my side assignments, you right. know, my, my other assignments and, and were supportive of it. Um, uh, but yeah, you're right. That's a, that is a, a, a tight rope balancing act yeah. that, that is
3: easily fallen off of. <laughs> yeah. Well, i read, I read, I don't even know where this came from. I have no idea who said it. But I think this is a quote that could help anybody listening, um, who is, you know, wants to be who God has called them to be, um, who wants to be effective, wants to be, you know, accomplished. Um, but I read this quote probably 10 or 12 years ago now, um, God will never call you in a direction that opposes another direction. He's already Mm -hmm. called you. In other words, he will never call you into two opposite areas of life. So that those areas of life are competing. And what that means to me is, you know, every single one of us who have a spouse and children, God's given us that first. God's called me, me to be a father or to be a husband, then a father. Then I get to do youth ministry as a career, um, you know, and be a Christian. Uh, Obviously being a Christian envelops all of that, but once I started understanding that, it changed the way, you know, coaching, youth ministry. I mean, you guys know how that goes. You like being the hero every once in a while. So it's really sure. easy to get addicted to, you know, being wherever anybody's going to be happy that you're there. Um, but, man, you know, my wife and kids are happy when I'm at home, too. Right. So. I right. got to remember which that which is which is a blessing which That's is what most you important. want. Yeah. yeah.
2: I I remember going to college and I grew up I grew up man with a great situation. I lived in the shadow of the cross literally at this big church in Nashville. Yeah. They cut a hole in the fence for me to walk through. And so it's a, it's a big church. A lot of people know it. A lot of people knew our preacher and this preacher for me was a preacher that when somebody robbed our house, the preacher chased them away. Uh, when it was time for me to learn how to preach, the preacher taught me how to preach. I, when I wanted to go parking with my wife, back then girlfriend, I'd go in the church parking lot. Like I used it for everything. I learned how to fight. I learned how to preach. I mean, I, I was, you talk about full circle. I did yeah. everything at that church, good or bad. And so I got to see people in multiple. Multiple ways in their life, and so I go to college and I go to college with the best preacher. I, I went to college with the preacher that everybody wanted, and I meet his grandson, and I meet his grandson, who was his name, the third, mm-hmm. and I meet him, and I'm like, Your grandfather literally. Save my life you know i mean taught me how to preach taught me this i'm here because of him and the kid looks at me and he puts a hand on my shoulder real funny kid and he puts his hand on my shoulder and he goes good for you and it, it was like snarky and here i was the kid who didn't have my father at my home growing up and so i was the one usually telling people oh good for you your dad coaches good for you you've got this and i now was on the other side of that I was a recipient mm. of somebody. And the guy says, good for you. We didn't know that guy mm. growing up. And so here he was doing good work for me. And so I said at that point, okay, this is a, a minister who's really good, air quote, "sure and famous, whatever that means. And I knew I'd always wanted to be him. And so I made that point right there that I wasn't going to do that. And then one day after I'm fast forward years later, I'm married. I tell my wife I'm, I'm doing something that was really important. And she said, Hey, we need you to do. And I looked at her and I said, no, no, this is really important. And she said, it always is. She yeah. told me. And it, so it brought me back around to, did he have conversations like this? He didn't listen to. Mm-hmm. I mean, was th- was there a moment where the wife looks at you and, and says that because you you took a vow to protect Amy. Oh yeah, to provide for her. Sometimes that means, and this is no offense to your local church, no. But sometimes you have to protect and provide
3: in spite of where you might work, because baby, I don't want you. to, I don't yeah. want to burn us on that. Yeah, yeah. And and to me, if if anybody takes offense to that, mm-hmm. then they don't understand the vows that we make spouses first. Right. You know what I'm saying. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, you know, if we were to put it on a hierarchy or whatever you'd say. I made my vows to God. Right. Right. You know, when I, when I put on Christ, but that, that includes again, every calling that God has ever brought me into Mm -hmm. and wife or husband and father, are way more important than career youth guy you and every I mean? everybody listening
2: agrees with that fundamentally but then we mess it up along the way we're going to go to break right here and then john david we're going to come back we're going to close this thing out with some hard-hitting stuff about this i'm glad that you're here with us today john david in the house on circle and broken
1: will the circle the
2: We're back on Circle and Broken. I'm your host, Taft Ayers. And I don't know if you smell what the chef is cooking, but Chef Mike is back mixing it up. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> Coach, my man with the F word. The best F word you know. Fantastic. Every time. He just hits, and it's always a hit. We also have my boy, John David Schwartz, back in the studio. Welcome yes, back.
3: What's next with Taft Ayers?
0: What's yeah.
2: next, baby? I'm glad glad you're here. Now, if you're just now catching up, here's the fast-paced version. We are talking about ministry. Life is ministry. Ministry is life. And I was thinking about this as I thought about you coming in today, John David. I did full-time ministry, quote-unquote, full-time ministry, where you got a paycheck, We had a housing allowance. Mm-hmm. What are you worried about? What do I do with my taxes? You know, that, that kind of full-time yeah. ministry. Um, and I started in, gracious, 01. Mm-hmm. And it was the fall of '01. Graduated in August, 01, starting in the fall. And then I took my last professional, like, full-time paycheck uh, for that in fall of 2013. Okay? That, that was the last time I got that. Then I jumped into what a lot of people would call the secular world. I had, I've had titles such as uh, corporate chaplain, director of marketing and acquisitions, regional business development director, like all these different things. And I've, I've continued to preach and teach the whole time because I love it, but I'm coming up. I'm getting closer and closer to I've been in this world just as long as that world. That's interesting. I mean, that's weird. Yeah. That's where I'm getting. And one of the appreciations that I do have is for people that stay with it. that continue to do it all the time. But there was a challenge I had when I, when I stopped full time. John David and I know you were a defender of me for, with people on this. There would be people that would say, oh, I just I hate that he left the ministry. Um I hate that that he's out. We've lost another one mm-hmm. like that. And I would get defensive because I would say I'm still alive. Yeah. Like ministry is life. And then the kicker, and I know you don't take offense to this because we've talked about it a million times, but then there were some ministers that didn't understand when I would say, I'm having more conversations now. I'm doing more now that I'm off the clock. Because sometimes when you're in full-time ministry as part of your employment, you can get, and this is where I want to go in this next section, you can get, this is a big myth, you can get busy. Yeah. And even though you're busy, meaning you have a rocking calendar, meaning that you've got all these activities here, you can be busy and not spiritual. And so it's a challenge when it's your job to say, hey, I'm spiritual first. You know, yeah, I want to put a great thing together for my youth group. I want to put a great sermon series together. I want to do a great benevolent outreach. But this isn't just so we can do stuff. Because as I talked to you this morning, I'm part of the Rotary Club. We do stuff. Yeah, it's bigger than that. Right. And looking at it and saying, I didn't quit ministry. If I'm breathing, I'm I'm doing ministry. Right. Like I'm I'm wanting to tell more people truths and and live it out in my life. And so it's a challenge for a lot of people because I think that they look at you and they say, "This. Okay. He's been in it 21 years. Okay. He's done a. He's got a good track record." He's, he's still in, uh, his church is as busy as they've ever been. They're active. And there's a challenge there because there's this dichotomy of, are you busy? Do you have a great thing going on? And maybe you've had elders before in the youth ministry game who mean well. Sure. And they'll come up to you and they'll ask you, and this is ministers in general. They'll come up and ask you about your numbers. Mm -hmm. They'll say, we went to such and such this weekend. And I would always get asked. I always laughed about this. How many did you carry? Yeah. And I mean, Jacari was, did you take 80? Yeah. As opposed to, Hey, what, what happened spiritually? Oh, you took 12. What happened? Right. Right. With the 12. I think there's a balance
3: there where it's tough. There's, you know, there's two types of ministry Mm -hmm. and they have to work together at times. Sure. But one definitely needs to outweigh the other. The two types of ministry are what you've just talked about. um, Numbers and calendar Mm -hmm. and that's all logistical organization. There is a place for that. And especially ministry. Yeah. But real life ministry is people. Sure. Um, And man, it's, it's real easy to lose sight of that. There's been those moments in my, you know, in my years uh, of ministry where, i 've gotten comfortable just being in the office and putting things on a calendar or you know just and, and important stuff sitting there and studying for Bible classes sure. you know and prepping for that. but you can do all of that in a twelve by twelve room and never go out and fully impact people right, right. Um, and so that 's to me where uh, you know i 've often thought what 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 would it be like if I got out of ministry you know Um, and, and I'm, I mean, me and you've had these conversations, uh, I want guys to stay in it who are dedicated to as long as possible, but also know, uh, and I've seen it with you that, that just because you're not doing quote unquote full-time or career youth ministry anymore, doesn't mean that that ministry is done. doesn't mean that God's quit using you. Um. And you know, you brought up our, our uh the the ITC T shirt earlier. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that T shirt is That's end of the City. It's, a, it's our it's that. our end of the city bus ministry yeah. that we do doing on Wednesday night. Um that has actually, since I got to Graymere, kept me more motivated in what I'm doing as a youth minister than than ever before. Mm. Uh because it's become kind of that catalyst for me not only to be out in the community and literally talk to people about Jesus who have never heard about Jesus, but then also teach our teenagers how to do the same thing and disciple in the same ways. Does that make sense? It does. It's a, I mean, there's still the logistics, there's still the numbers, there's still the calendar stuff, but all of a sudden now it's, man, let's get excited about people. Mm. Um, and so it's it's pretty cool when you pull in into a neighborhood and you know a bunch of kids get off the bus and granny uh granny's run up and hugging them give them a kiss on the cheek and are
1: like i don't know about all you know
3: <laughs> and uh what's the policy sugar, on that? yeah right and uh but then you watch those little kids get on the bus and they file off the bus and they're running and hugging those teenagers mm-hmm. and And those teenagers are actively involved in teaching people about Jesus, you know, in a way that's comfortable for them or uncomfortable for them. Um, And so to me, that's that that's that myth. It's not about numbers. It's not about calendar busyness. Um, It's about people. And And if we're not, it doesn't matter who we are. If we're not if we're not trying to impact people on a daily basis, um, I mean, I think about it often when I'm driving down the road and somebody cuts me off and I want to, you know, sure. throw out a few gestures or something, right. Human right. side right. of me. But then it's like, mm, I got, I got to represent Jesus. Right. You know, um, that's, that's my imperfect side coming out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Sure. Like we still sure. all struggle with the same stuff. Oh, so, yeah. so that, that's to me, the the difference i think I, I, moved, I don't know if that answers your question it, it does
2: because we're we're everywhere and we're, we're in many different places and one of the towns that i worked with was a real rural town yeah and to, to your point i moved there it's no secret i love the florida gators i go to there it's my first day there i'm walking down the main street of the town a guy drives by no joke drives by says gator hater and flicks me off yeah and goes on down wednesday night I start my first initiative of how I was going to feed 316 families. That's where that all started in that West Tennessee yeah. town. Yeah, yeah. And I did it. And uh, I met the Deacon of Benevolence. That and guy? I told him I knew him. And <laughs> I said, I saw you on Main Street today. <laughs> He was my best friend after that. We got so much good work done. But it was somebody who drew a line. Yeah. And he drew a line over here the way in which we all do. Yeah. Well, in that same town, I met a minister who was very effective in the town. He was at another church, and it didn't feel that like competition. Right. But I met him. And, Coach, you're going to like this. He believed that ministry is life and life is ministry. And I said, dude, you spend all of your time with the coaches, all, I mean, like all the coaches from the local team. And this was a place that bled purple. It shut down on Friday oh, yeah. nights, everything. And he was always with all the coaches. And he was a full time minister. And I thought, these guys don't go to your church. Like they're not your, your parishioner. They're, they're not there. Like, so, so he's always with the coaches. I'm like, they're going to, they're going to get you. Like, you know, the way church people can be, they're going to think, why is he just hanging out with the coaches? Does he want to work in the school system? Why does he want to do this? And he said, in this town, coaches, Baptize more people than ministers. Wow. And it, I got chills all over my yeah. body. And he said, I, I mean, he said, I am going to be their chaplain because they're with people all the time and they're baptizing more people than the preachers if you look at the numbers. And he wasn't making fun of preachers. No. He was saying as opportunities. One, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And it was basically it was a pyramid scheme if you look at it That's from awesome. a from a model of going I'm going to go I equi- I got chills right now. I'm going to go equip these guys because they there I mean literally you think about coach the the
0: mission field. Well, you you hit on my career choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, going, I went to Harding University, yeah, sister yeah. school, uh, sister college, I've Phil, heard of that Harding. Yeah, you've heard of it. <laughs> and trying to decide what I was going to, I was going to go into youth ministry. Uh, and uh, you did and, you did a junior high internship, didn't you? No, <laughs> no, actually, the uh, one of the uh, elders from my home congregation pulled me aside, and he goes. Think about something. He goes, Mike, you're a talented ball player. You've already demonstrated as a volunteer that you can coach and stuff like that and and teach. He said, as a youth minister, you can touch 30 to 50 lives if they choose to come to your building Mm -hmm. or what you can reach out and hit. He says, as a teacher, you have a captive audience of 85 to 120 kids Mm -hmm. a day. Mm -hmm. And as a coach, that many more. Sure. And he says, you'll spend the same amount of time and have even, and he says, and possibly have even more influence. Yeah. Think about that a little bit. Right. And it's, I was like, it's wow. And, and I, and I, and I decided, <laughs> Hey, you know, maybe teaching is the best place for me to go. Sure. Uh, and again, it, it ended up, I spent the first 16 years of my teaching career, uh, as a. Christian school teacher, sure. yeah, Jackson yeah. Christian yeah. school, uh, CA here for two years, uh, Alabama Christian Academy. So, uh, I was hitting kind of both at the same time. And then I got into the public sector and it dawned on me after 16 years, a little more maturity and stuff like that. Then it dawned on me when I hit the public s- school sector, how many of these kids need a direction mm-hmm. and, and who can I touch yeah. now? Yeah. And uh, it was one of those things of, okay, again, you, you were talking about numbers, 30 to 50, 100, 100 to 200. Mm. Man, this this is where I need to be. And yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you hit you hit right on that. Uh, you know, sometimes coaches can do more. I could tell kids to do something, and they would do it because I was Coach Lyle. Sure. Mom, Mom would come up to me afterwards. How in the world are you getting – I've been telling him right. for five years to do that. Right. He won't even listen to me.
2: That's playing <laughs> time, buddy. <laughs> That's, <laughs> right. That's playing time. Well, and, and I don't think the things need to fight against each other. Right, we right. got about two minutes left in the program. And, John David, you've done a good job of not making people feel guilty for where they're involved in the community. Yeah. We used to do that. We used to make them
3: compete. Yeah. Now yeah, yeah. it's saying, hey – you love Jesus. Where's your opportunity? Yes. That, that's, I'm sitting here listening to you guys talk, and I'm, and I'm thinking about, you know, if, if ministry is life, mm-hmm. nobody has to be a paid minister. Sure. Some of us choose that. Sure. God has blessed us with that desire and that opportunity. Um, but everybody who loves Jesus has an opportunity to impact people in their daily mm-hmm. life. Yes. Are you taking that opportunity? That's the, only, that's the only challenge I would ask. Are you taking that opportunity, like you talked about earlier, to be that light that walks into dark places?
2: Hey, hey, as together we stand and sing. Like that's, <laughs> that's good. I want to close today. We've had John David Schwartz with us. And before I say this next part, this is not a mic drop moment. This is what I want church leaders to hear. This comment does not represent John David or Gray Mirror. There's no complaint session here. I want people to know that are in leadership roles in churches. Take care of your full time ministers. Ministry is not a vow of poverty. Take these ministers, and if you're a church leader, treat them the way you would want your children to be treated. And let them approach you the way you would hope that your children, wherever they're working, could approach somebody in a leadership role. It makes for a healthier place. And it makes for somebody like John David today that you can hear who still has an enthusiasm and a fire for what he believes that God wakes him up every day to do. Thank you for being here today on Circle Unbroken. We gone.
1: Was standing by my window on one.